Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! If it takes all night, that'll be all right. If I can get you to smile before I leave. Oh, yeah. Running on empty. Running on empty. That was episode number two about the Doug, Daystar, Jimmy, Joni, the whole kit and caboodle cabal, heart to heart. But in that poignant message, Running On Empty, that amazing song by Jackson Brown, I mean, you can totally vibe to it. It's about being on the road. And men, how many of you are running on empty? How many of you feel as if you have nowhere else to go? In fact, you may feel hopeless because no matter what you do, you still feel empty. This message is for you. Because you are going to make it. And just like they say over there at Heart to Heart, not directly in the center, but when you get into the group setting, we're told over and over, you're a good man. You're a good man. Don't know if we really believe it because we've been so beat down. And Doug got beat down. Oh, yeah. While he was on the road, he came to the conclusion that he was running on empty. And you know what he did? He pulled away from that fuel pump at a convenience store, and by God, he went to a bona fide, much bigger, much bigger capacity, a lot more amenities, a lot more variety of products to a much bigger truck stop. Because Jimmy said it. He just could no longer stand the emptiness. But I've been there, man. Live there, man. And I will make it, because there is a sovereign Lord above. And He has a will. And everything is for not, is not for not. You learn. You become stronger after you go through what killed you. You began as a broken man. You may still be a broken man, but now you can put the pieces back together right here with me, whatever that puzzle may be for you. And we're going to get off this relationship bullshit here real soon and get back to politics and history and motivational things, because it is anathema for a man to sit day in and day out and talk about his relationship. We're not made that way. It's unnatural. You are not your wife's buddy. Best friend? Yeah. Confidant, hopefully. Lover, yeah, spouse, 
takes on a whole different dimension. Not five sex languages that border on the pornographic in a place whereby pornography has run rampant. But you're, you're going to prescribe that for your sexually deficient? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a very different modality, but you know what it does? It encourages women's fantasies. And the fact that they're living in that at the first place and have no discernible contentment, that's problematic in and of itself. So no more running on empty, guys. Let's pick ourselves up and let's go forward. What did that experience teach me? It taught me to become aware. Aware of where I was actually deficient in my marriage, for sure. Actually, when you do the deep dive, you found out whereby you felt deficient. You went above and beyond their protocols because you simply wanted to understand where this punishment was coming from and whereby... You had actually rendered punishment probably in kind to your spouse, unbeknownst to you. So you take the deep dive, and you then actually understand the genesis of everything that you have contended with your whole life, starting from childhood. And guess what? It does all begin there. This ain't no Freudian bullshit. And heart-to-heart counseling center knows this as well, or else they wouldn't give you, let's just say for simplicity, 10 distinct things that will create one of these problems in you. Because whether you are an intimacy anorexic, whatever the hell that level is, or a sexual addict, that's just a symptom of something. Now, granted, we know this program was modeled off AA. Now, do people have their first drink, like how it feels, or they take their first bump of Coke? Certainly that one, right? Much more malignant and much more chemically inducing, and they can't escape it after that. But really, most people do it to maybe vibe, release some inhibitions in a social setting, but then they like the feeling and they continue on with it. They get comfortable with it. We could even say comfortably numb and therefore that addiction may begin. But they wouldn't need that alcohol other than the guy or girl who gets initially hooked unless they were masking something else. And just like every man that walks into heart to heart has a different shoe size, and he has a different shoe size because his DNA and genetics are different, his parents are different, those shoes have walked through different lives other than the other men, there is no one size fits all. And in the literature that you purchase there, if you are going to prescribe the fact that you can be prone to one of these things if you have encountered or had this done to you in your life growing up, shouldn't you spend some time there to find out what actually happened to this individual? Because therein lies your answer 
as to why this person is acting out and or acting in to protect themselves and thus encountering difficulties in their relationship. But that gets totally bypassed. Now, you can you can hang on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. A couple, two to three years. Pay voluminous amounts of cha-ching. And you may get to that. Oh, yeah, they've got all kinds of stuff for you. But can you survive that process? Doug couldn't. And he was doing everything possible to fulfill himself, but yet still couldn't find it. It's just like the song says. Gotta do what you can just to keep your love alive. Try not to confuse it with what you do to survive. So you just keep trying to survive. And you know there's a better way. And in hearing me in past episodes and talking about different things you can encounter in relationships, you have to simply realize no man would go through all that unless he was caring, compassionate, conscientious, concerned. And no man would willingly go through any of this if he actually had courage. Courage at the beginning. Because ultimately, you're going to have to display courage at the beginning or the courage that you are going to have to have however long down the road will be immensely greater. On the flip side of that, which means, forget the flip side, which means on that last statement pertaining to men, there was some damage there. There was something that was lacking in them. There was something that they embraced because of whatever difficulty or hardship they encountered growing up. And they thought that lady would be the answer. And that's never the answer. You can't fix something inside with something from the outside. Now, to the flip side, (laughs) it's very much the same for the lady. Struggling with the exact same things, whatever it is endemic to them. And like Jimmy Evans says, God has a sense of humor. And he will give you, I I do believe that the Lord will provide your prospective spouse to you. I, I do believe that. Doesn't mean it always works. Doesn't mean you're condemned to hell. What we're talking about here, salvation's already assured. There's nothing left for you to work out on that if you do believe. It's not that simple, but you know, you're following me. What we're talking about here is restoring your soul. And you want to restore that with your spouse because it was broken and empty from the very beginning. And that's what heart-to-heart does not approach, despite giving you literature specifying how that occurs. But then they immediately take a round peg 
and put it in a square hole for expediency without further discussion, without any further introspection, and or without any other desire to help you other than simply say, in my case, you have a different situation, Eric. Here's what you get to do. Pursue, pursue, pursue. Verbatim. Okay. Well, what does that mean? For how long? I was also told one time, you're like the catcher since we like baseball, my son and I. You never come out of the game and you never take off your gear. Okay, well, are we in fucking combat? Really? What does that mean? Are we playing a 30-inning game? Are we playing back-to-back doubleheaders? What about the schedule next week and the week thereafter? Really? Hmm. And like the song says, you, you, you can't find yourself a little bit weary and or further broken by the actual process that was purportedly there to heal you, but then neglected all aspects of that. Because unhealed pain or trauma plays out in marriage. And we know that people attached to one another at their level of health. And people typically find one another with God's provision. Whereby, if it is done correctly, a 100% success rate according to Jimmy, well, they meld together and wash away these problems. But, if that unhealed pain and trauma is never addressed... It will play out in the marriage. This is so much deeper than heart-to-heart even wants to touch, has the ability to touch, nor cares to touch. Honestly, there are some well-meaning people there. Since we did initials before, I don't need an initial for this guy. And he's my guy. And if he hears this, he'll be chuckling to himself. This is the guy that when I would hit him with certain things would jump with his back against the wall on top of his desk holding his coffee mug tight. We'll call him a badass hippie. I enjoyed him. He knew I was dealing with some things that were much larger than the program and therefore all he could simply say is pursue, pursue, pursue. He also knew that there were some inordinately different things on the other side of the spectrum that I was a hardy enough individual, a committed enough individual that I would address head on and simply try to bull my way through it no matter what wall kept coming up in front of me. So even though he desired to go off script, he was still beholden to the program. So my hippie brother, I don't fault you at that. I know where you were coming from. Because just like JL, I'm a behaviorist too. 
I saw it in your eyes and mannerisms, just like you saw things in mine. It's all cool. For my group leader, Big MP, a lot of kudos to you, bro. You were hamstrung too. You were hamstrung in a lot, a lot of ways. But what I do give you credit for was as we went through things, the things all during, I guess, approximately the year, maybe year and a half, a little bit less of group calls that I went through with you, I was always bringing things up to you. And then I noticed in your teachings later on, now especially after Doug had failed, you started acquiescing a bit. You started using different terms. You started talking about different scenarios whereby it would be prohibitively difficult for people to succeed unless those were remedied. Yep. You even started to collate data for despite men's best intentions and efforts, it was not received by their spouses. And they were going through, believe it or not, feelings of pain, feelings of despondency, feelings of hopelessness. And my guess is, You'll do good work with that data and you will help men. My guess is Doug will probably write a book about it and it'll justify the actions that he took and that Jimmy sanctified, at least sanctification from a fleshly perspective. That's what I believe. But I have mad respect for you. You know I challenged you a couple of times. You certainly challenged me. What I do not like is, is I reached out several times, I'm not going to say to anyone or anything, when I would encounter things deemed problematic that I thought were in and above, that I couldn't explain away, pray away, think away, those messages were always snubbed. Now, if I sent a baseball picture or a picture of my son and I, <clears throat> That was immediately responded to. I also, in the course of my own self-study, actually the evisceration of myself as a man, the evisceration of my soul and trying to make things better, I would bring materials to different people's attention. This could be a better way. This is what I'm confronting. This is... Maybe something more plausible, not just for me, but for all the guys that I've described in the other two episodes that fell by the wayside despite the program touting enormous success. I can only go by what I was immersed in and saw, and it was failure. I made it through. Do I get a trident? Was that buds? Am I a seal now? I mean, the Navy hasn't contacted me, so I must not have made it. But any time that I brought in outside materials in order to help, crickets. Crickets, man, crickets. So I didn't like that one bit. And what was I going to do? Become problematic? Be described as a lazy ass who simply doesn't want to do his work if I brought something up? Oh, he's just not going about the program? 
And then once one of these diagnoses are placed upon you, any action in hell, your spouse or anyone else can interpret your thoughts for you, right? Can tell you what to do, how to feel, what you're actually thinking. And if you deviate one iota, what, what, what if you had a feeling? What if you actually had to turn the keys on in your car and drive to get bananas? Is that indicative of some type of sinister behavior or neglecting your spouse? Sure, there's some constructs whereby that could occur, but I think you understand the idea that I'm presenting here. It's total hogwash, and once these weapons are presented to whatever the other side is, it's full-scale warfare, and they're yielding them, and you're receiving them. It's a recipe for disaster, that if you want that program to continue other than disillusioned souls and really good marketing, it needs to be addressed. And I think I did my part to try to bring that to your attention. It's up to you guys now. So thank you for allowing me to become aware that I did need some work. But I would tell anyone in my situation and countless others that if you're looking for something to help you find a solution, in my opinion, the opinion of a fallen man, heart to heart is not the answer. I would move towards something more like restoring relationships. You can find them online. Restoring relationships with Dominique Herbst, H-E-R-B-S-T, and his son. It is totally truth-based. And what this program, yes, heart-to-heart led me to what is truth-based. They didn't espouse it. In fact, they'll bring an atheist into the program. Because I think that atheism is actually a religion in and of itself. They believe in something. But now people are allowed to go in there and they can be totally become totally selfless without the benefit of God. And we know the program takes selflessness. But you can just be a morally grounded person and these tenets will hold true for you too, right? Huh. But the Bible tells us any man left to his own device without the author of the Bible... <laughs> Come on, he's just a heathen, right? Well, what that program Restoring Relationships does is it gets you to look in at the pain that you have encountered. What is the pain that you have overlooked and why? Helps you to become whole with the health with the help of Jesus Christ. And even if you already are a Christian, Instead of walking around and around the cross, Calvary, because ultimately that's what most of our relationships, Christian, in the church a lot, pastors too, we walk around and around the cross without ever truly walking through it and experiences, experiencing excuse me, the pain that Christ actually bore for us. And once you can begin that and rely on Him to heal you, that's when you can really look after a spouse. And my guess is, 
is that spouse originally chose you for that lack therein because they had a lack therein. If there would have been an abundance, well, they would have gravitated to abundance. But we all have a chance, men. We all have a chance. So I implore you to take an approach like that so you are no longer running on empty, running wide. Until next time on the Kirk the Bull and Chaos podcast, this ends the relationship series. We're going to go into something more exciting on the next episode. Thank you very much, man. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable in Chaos podcast.